This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the new classic, executive, and bold full-focus planners. Find out more at lead2.win slash planner. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Megan Hyatt Miller is still on parental leave. She's home with her adopted daughter, Naomi. So I've asked Susie Barber, our director of operations, to join me today. Hey, Susie. Hey, Michael. Good to be here. In this episode, we're going to talk about a feeling that lots of high-capacity leaders know all too well, overwhelm, and we're going to show you how to end it. Susie, can you relate to this topic? Have you ever felt overwhelmed? And why do people feel overwhelmed today? It seems like more than usual. Yeah, I feel like we have a busy crisis on our hands, right? We just hear from our coaching clients all the time, executives and leaders that we're mentoring. That's their biggest pain point is that they're just overwhelmed. And I've certainly felt that myself Mm. as a leader. I think it comes down to um, we're kind of working in this virtual world that's still a little bit new for everybody, if you think about it on the grand timeline. And we're kind of just plugged in all the time with our smartphones. It can start to feel like you don't have business hours. Like the first thing you do at 5 a.m. when you get up, if you get up at 5 or whenever, is hit your email, right? Or like sometimes from bed. And you're doing that at night before you go to sleep. And so it's like the problems of work can just invade your life all day long and on the weekends. And our jobs are higher pressure maybe. And that is in combination with parenting and your personal life and trying to take care of your health. And it just, it does, it just becomes overwhelming. And you start to hear people say, when you ask them, how are you doing? If you get beyond the fine, good uh, surface level answers, you can start to hear leaders almost always say, you know, I'm really tired. I'm really busy. I've been really busy. And what's the worst is that people start saying that like it's a badge of honor now. It's like if you don't say that you're busy and overwhelmed. You're slacking. Are you slacking? Um, And so it's almost like you're bragging about being exhausted. Um, So I feel like we just have a busy crisis on our hands. I I used to feel this like on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'd go to church, I'd come home, I'd take a great nap, I'd wake up and then I started thinking, oh my gosh, the dread would start to to settle in as I thought about the week coming up and I'd look at my calendar and I'd go, how am I going to get it all done? And especially when I had all the girls, five girls at home, you know, a big job that kept me busy. And I just, I I didn't know how I was going to get it all done. And I wish that I had known then what we're going to be sharing on this episode, because we're going to provide a solution today. And I'm super excited about it. And we've invited Larry Wilson, as always, to join us and to guide us through this conversation. Hey, Larry. Hey, Michael. Hey, Susie. Hey. Question for you, Michael. Do you still get that feeling sometimes of being overwhelmed? Yeah, I do. I mean, to be honest, I felt it this morning. You know, we had a busy day of podcasting planned. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to record six episodes today. And I'm thinking, wow, do I really have that much content to share? You know, and thankfully, I have people like Susie and people like you, Larry, joining to to help out. And of course, Nick's producing the whole thing and guiding us through it. But I forget that sometimes, you know, the weight of it feels uh, sometimes overwhelming. And so I don't really get so much overwhelmed by the workload these days as I do just by the responsibility. But yeah, it does still sneak up on me and bite me sometimes when I least expect it. Can I say that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you just did. You just did. <laughs> yeah. 
there's proof. Uh, this is a problem that everybody struggles with. So we've got some actions you can take when you feel overwhelmed, four of them. And let's begin with the very first one, which is this, focus on your highest leverage work. I almost feel like this is like going right back to the basics. It is because the secret to ending the overwhelm is to do less, not more. And I think sometimes when we feel overwhelmed, we just, you know, roll up our sleeves, redouble our effort, think that we're going to power through it. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact opposite of what we need to do. You know, what, what we've got to do is do fewer things, the things with greater impact. And the reason that you and I get overwhelmed is because we're trying to do too much. You know, and we have limited resources, limited time, and this is a key thing, limited emotional energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have unlimited emotional energy. Yeah. Even if we could work 24-7 or we could figure out how to get by and less sleep, which I do not advise, but we still got limited emotional capacity and we've got to be aware of that. So to gain control, you've got to get back to the basics. And the first is to get clarity on where your best leverage is. And what I advise people, and I talked about this in my uh, book, Free to Focus, and that is, what is your passion and what is your proficiency? I call that the desire zone, but where those two come together, the things that you love, the things that get you up in the morning, the things that get you excited, when you wed that with the things that you're really good at, that you're highly skilled at, where you feel confident, you put those two things together, those are usually the things where you're going to add the most value, create the most leverage and deliver the biggest results. So what are those things for you? They're going to be different for everybody. Susie, your list of those, your desires on activities are different than mine. Mine are different than yours. Larry's are different than both of ours. But if we don't do that, then all work just kind of levels out and becomes the same. And then we've got 20 things to do today instead of what are the three highest leverage things I can do. So one of my favorite quotes is from Dawson Trotman, who founded an organization called The Navigators. He said, never do anything of importance that others can or will do when there is so much of importance to be done that others cannot or will not do. So what are the things that you're uniquely qualified to deliver? And then just the rest of it, you know, if you can get it done, great. But if you don't, it doesn't matter quite as much because the important stuff is getting done. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely makes sense. And first, I just have to say, I love that the whole concept of where your passion and your proficiency come together, right? That is where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And I love um, this kind of counterintuitive thing that you're teaching here, where you're essentially saying like, for me, I know that it's a warning sign when I decide I'm going to get up at five and work um, and do that first before I exercise or before I read or before I have breakfast. Um, Or if I notice like, you know what? If I just put in a few more hours on Saturday morning, yes, when everybody else is not working, I'm going to get ahead. And so I just love kind of what you're saying here is that it's not about putting in more and putting in more and putting in more because you have finite amount of time, right? right. And but you're saying here instead do less and do the most important things to you, the things that are the most high leverage. Um, One technique, Michael, that I love to do with leaders whenever they tell us, hey, I'm overwhelmed. And I, this is my go-to when I feel it myself is to do a brain dump with an analog tool and a trusted mentor. You've done this repeatedly 
with me. Yes. And you've done it with Megan. Yes. And when we felt overwhelmed, and and this used to happen to me a lot when you first started, and our business was growing so unbelievably fast. It's still growing as fast, but we've got better tools now. Yeah. But in those days, oh my gosh, I would just be overwhelmed just looking at the calendar. Sure. And so you would have us get it all out, and then we'd start sorting through it and say, okay, what's the high leverage stuff? And let's do that. Yeah. And thanks so much for being being vulnerable, Michael, about the fact that you, even when we started the business, even still today, even this morning, struggle with overwhelm. So what we're saying here is not that it's a bad thing or that it's abnormal for you to feel overwhelmed. We're saying that most people feel that way on a regular basis. Even the most successful leaders feel that way. But what we're saying is what matters is what you do when you feel that way. That's right. Yeah. So one of my hacks for that is always like, get in a room with someone who knows you well and is a trusted mentor or partner in your business and in your life who can help you do a brain dump on what is overwhelming you. And so for me, I love to just get in a conference room with a whiteboard and say, tell me everything that feels overwhelming, personally and professionally, and write it all down on the board and then let that person who you invited into the meeting speak into um, okay, actually, you don't need to be doing half of this. Or, and we can talk about strategies of what to do, what's on, what's on the board, you know, in a few minutes. But I just think that is a game changer. When you said many high performers or many leaders feel this way, this overwhelm, you know, the research says actually 40% of American workers at all levels, so not just executives, managers, all levels of the workforce feel this overwhelmed feeling. Wow. I got a question for you, though. Uh, You said use an analog tool. So, you know, you mentioned the whiteboard. I don't think you meant a typewriter, but that would probably count. (laughs) Why why not do it on your computer? Uh, Because a lot of times I feel like technology is contributing to our overwhelm. Um, And so if you get on your computer to write out your task list and all of a sudden you're getting a ton of email messages, you're getting a ton of Slack messages, um, you know, notifications are popping up, you're seeing your text messages on your screen and you can just, it's so quick to slip into your calendar and just try to get those things done and get even more overwhelmed. And so I love going to my full focus planner, a good old page of notebook paper or a whiteboard and a marker and just writing it all out and getting it all out of your head without those distractions and then really evaluating what you see. You know, I want to say something about that too. Uh, I, I think it's really important to externalize it because this is like a lot of things. As long as it's in your head, it's bigger and scarier than it really is. And there's something about getting it out and whether it's digital or analog, and I agree with you, Susie, I'd rather do it analog, just get it on a whiteboard. Once you get it out there, you go, oh, that's not as big and scary as I thought. It's true. Yeah. Because it's smaller now. You know, I've I've made it concrete. I've made it real. But inside of my head, it just feels bigger. So I like getting it out too. Yeah. I also think something that happens that's really magical in that moment when you invite other people in is that we can really set high expectations for ourselves, for the things that we have on our plate and set unreasonable deadlines and just feel like this is so important. This is so critical. This is going to make or break my business. And sometimes when you're, especially when you're in a fatigued state, um, that's not true. And you need a trusted person who can say, we really don't have to do this project until next year. Even, yeah. you know, you never know what might be on that list. So, and we've done that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to mention here too, is this sort of lo- the law of three, you know, that when you get all that stuff up there, like of all the things that are up there, what are the three most important? And we teach this in our three by three uh, matrix where you say, okay, what are my three most important goals for the quarter? 
What are my three most important priorities for the week? And especially, what are the three most important tasks for today? Now, you may have 20 things you need to do, everything from running errands to making phone calls to whatever. But there's probably only about three that are going to really drive the results that are going to move your business forward. And that we call that the daily big three. And if you can reduce it to that, that's a game you can win. Like if you try to take on 20 things today and you're not going to consider it a win unless you can check off all 20, that's a pretty tall order. And you're going to feel overwhelmed when you start the day and you're probably going to feel defeated at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But if you can set your intention on three, three that really move the needle, then you can win. You can check those off and feel like, hey, I won the day. It was awesome. Didn't get everything done, but I got the three most important things done. So action one, when you feel overwhelmed, focus on your highest leverage work. Action two, maybe a kind of corollary to that, identify your three biggest productivity sinkholes. Yeah, so your productivity sinkholes are the things that are taking you down faster than anything else. And oftentimes you don't realize it. And these are going to be different for everyone. Um, But these are the activities that fall squarely in what Michael calls the drudgery zone. So if we're talking about in your desire zone where your passion and your proficiency meet, so you love it and you're good at it, the drudgery zone is essentially the exact opposite. You hate this stuff and you are not talented or skilled at it. You shouldn't be doing this stuff. And usually that's the stuff that's dragging you down and causing you to feel really overwhelmed. So Michael, what are some of your drudgery zone activities? Before I get to that, I I want to say one thing is I I think unfortunately, because these are in our drudgery zone, we dread these things. Oh, dread is the feeling that we're trying to avoid as leaders, right? Exactly. And it's, you know, it's the, it's the kissing cousin of overwhelm, but we dread this stuff. So we procrastinate and then we feel guilty and that adds to our sense of overwhelm and especially the emotional overwhelm component. But so for me, that would be things like processing a whole bunch of email or booking my own travel. That really overwhelms me, you know, all the options and everything. Yeah. Um, Managing my calendar. I can screw up my calendar so fast. You can. You know? Yeah. I used to be your executive (laughs) assistant. (laughs) Well, you didn't have to agree so quickly. So yeah. yeah, I could double book myself. I could not, I don't, I don't take into to account the context, what I was doing the sure. day before. You know, I just see that there's an opening there, but I'm not good at those things. You know, I don't have any proficiency at it and I don't have any passion around it. So sometimes, I mean, in the past, I felt like I needed to do that. You know, if I was an effective executive, if I was disciplined, if I was efficient, then I had to be able to do that stuff. You know, and I was a big champion of inbox zero and I had to do it myself. And honestly, it overwhelmed me. Yeah. And and I wasn't that good at it. And I mm-hmm. preached it because I think mostly I was preaching to myself. So the big takeaway here is that you want to identify that stuff. And this is why getting in a room with a trusted associate or with a mentor can help you put this into perspective and say to you, you know what, why are you even doing that? Or how could we, and this is kind of goes to our three strategies that I talk about in Free to Focus, how can we either eliminate, automate, or delegate those drudgery zone activities, get them off your plate so that you can eliminate these productivity sinkholes? That contributes to a lot of the overwhelm. And if you can get rid of those things, all of a sudden you feel like you can breathe. Well, it's interesting to me, as we talked about these first two action items focused on your highest leverage work 
and identify your three biggest productivity sinkholes. Interesting to me how much you guys were talking about emotions, Mm. uh, dread and overwhelm and uh, this kind of internalizing the feeling by not objectifying it, putting it outside of yourself. Really amazing how much of this boils down to kind of self-awareness mm-hmm. and sort of self, self-leadership. Mm-hmm. Well said. Hey, everybody. Mike Boyer here with a reminder to check out our newest podcast, Focus on This. It's a shot of adrenaline every week that will help you banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays again. Subscribe now at focusonthispodcast.com. And thanks to those of you who subscribed last week. You helped land Focus on This as the number four business podcast on iTunes last week and put it in the top 30 of all podcasts in every category. Way to go. Speaking of subscribing, be sure to subscribe to this podcast also. That way, you'll never miss an episode of practical, actionable advice for your business. It's simple and easy to do. Just check the link in the show notes at lead2.win. Well, let's move on to action number three. Do the delegation math. Yeah, I think sometimes we're penny wise and pound foolish. And think that somehow we'll save money by not delegating. You know, I don't need an assistant. I don't need to outsource this. I'll just suck it up and do it myself. And it's really stupid. Because if you can hire somebody, and I'm just making up these numbers for illustration sake, but if you could hire somebody to do something for $20 an hour, but if your billable rate is $100 an hour, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. It's like people will say, I can't afford it. And it's like, really, if you look at what you're actually spending to get this done, you need to do this so that you can't afford that. Well, and if you're doing that thing that you could pay somebody $20 an right. hour to do, then that's an hour that you can't bill for, you know, that you can't use in in uh, really advancing your organization's objectives. And even if you have to pay somebody $20 an hour and you could bill for at $100 an hour, you're coming out $80 a head. That's what we talk about when we talk about delegation math. So I have a confession on this. I lead as our director of operations. I used to be Michael's executive assistant when I first started, and I've spent most of my career leading teams of executive assistants, training them and mentoring them. And I lead and mentor our executive assistant fleet here at Michael Hyatt and Company. So I have spent years training executive assistants how to be email management ninjas. And I have an executive assistant myself this year, and I did a couple of these whiteboard sessions when I was feeling overwhelmed. You know, I'm a working mom of two you? little girls. Yeah. And we're really in a super rapidly scaling, busy season, um, stuff going on personally and professionally. So I got in a room with my assistant, right? This is the magic. I know how to do this. I know how to make it happen for other people. And every time we would do this, I would say, well, I have a lot of email, you know, and I would put it on the board, but I would say, but, you know, I can't give that over to you. I can't give that over to you. And Susie Barber. I know. I love this. (laughs) The hypocrisy. And I literally just realized, like, I had control issues with my email because I Uh am such an expert at it. And um, 
I don't say, I wouldn't say it's totally drudgery zone because there's parts of like achieving in box zero that I love. Um, but I, it's just not the best, highest use of my time. No. It's not where I add value to Michael Hyatt and company. Um, and I was getting overwhelmed by it and I wasn't doing it as well as I used to be able to do. And then when you do the math, on this, it was like, this is a dumb decision about where I can add value and produce results. And so I finally practiced what I preached and delegated my email and it's been a game changer, but, um, it took me a minute to get there. And yeah, when you do the delegation math, it helps you make the hard decisions. Well, thank you for being vulnerable on that. Honestly, I think every leader faces that every leader has to confront it. And it's a hard thing to face. And I, I, I think I've told the story before, but I had a client few years ago that was insisting on doing his own web development. And he said, you know, this is just really taking a lot of time. And that's why I don't have time to make the sales calls I need to make, you know, to build my business and do new client acquisition. And so I just said to him, I said, why are you doing that? And he said, well, basically to save money. And I said, well, how much would it, would it cost you to hire a, a WordPress developer? And he said about $50 an hour. And I said, well, what would you estimate based on how much you expect to make this year? What do you think you're making an hour? And he said, I probably about $150 an hour. And I said, so in essence, you're paying a WordPress developer $150 an hour. And it's a WordPress developer that you already, by your own admission, isn't very good. And I mean, the light bulb went off and he said, that's it. I'm hiring a WordPress developer. Because that would free him up to do the very thing that would grow his business. Yeah. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling this sense of kind of fatigue and you're not sure what to do. And you have that kind of sense of dread and you're getting back to those emotions. The counter emotion to those, when you finally solve that problem and get those things off your plate, the relief that you feel is so worth getting rid of some of those pet projects and things that are hard to let go of control of. And even financially, you know, yes. investing in those things, it's so worth it. You're probably saving yourself a lot of money and just think about what it would feel like to not feel overwhelmed. Quick question for you guys, because I, I know that, that I can't afford it objection looms really large. Yes. Mm. And we've said often on this program that there are some affordable ways to delegate short of hiring a staff member, uh, which is maybe the most expensive option. Why don't you just tick off three or four of the entry-level ways to start delegating if you don't have an assistant that works for you? Sure. Well, I think it's really important to, if first of all, if you already have existing staff, you can start there. You don't always have to hire new staff. Um, so I think starting with existing staff is a great way to do that. I think you can also see if work can be reassigned internally. So um, that's something that I've done before. I've had to go to Megan, who is my direct supervisor and our COO, and I've had to say, you know, I've got all these projects and these deadlines, and I can't do this. This isn't something I can delegate to my team, but I actually feel like another leader, another director really is uniquely positioned to take ownership of this and it will allow me to produce these results if I can get this off my plate. And she's always really receptive to that. And most leaders are, especially if you can talk in terms of results with them. And so I think you can always ask to have work uh, reassigned internally. Another thing is I think a lot of leaders don't think about enlisting interns or volunteers to help them um, in their business, you know, so you can, you could be surprised by how much something like that would work. And then my 
my favorite, which I'm always pushing this if you've read our book, Your World-Class Assistant, is you can hire a virtual assistant. It's actually way more affordable than you think. And our favorite partner for that is Belay Solutions. Um, But definitely check out hiring a virtual assistant. I know people who hire virtual assistants personally with their own money outside of their business. I did it before myself. Yeah, totally. Um, To help with just their personal stuff, get more off their plate, even if their supervisor won't approve a budget for a virtual assistant. And it's you can start with as little as like 10 hours a week. It's more affordable than you would think. Yeah, that's a way to start. There's really no excuse. And I would just say to people, like I always say, try it as an experiment. You know, that's how I talked myself into it. When I started with Belay, whenever I started eight years ago, I said, uh, I'm just going to book somebody or I'm going to hire somebody for 10 hours a week and just see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, I'm done. But if it does work, awesome. And oh my gosh, you know, the, the hours quickly escalated because the value is so incredible. That brings us to our fourth and final action when you're feeling overwhelmed. Schedule your most important tasks. Here's why that's important. I think in many organizational environments, the workday is reserved for meetings and people are dragging their work into their evenings or they're getting up early to do it or it's crowded into their, uh, jammed into their weekends. And so one of the best things you can do is to schedule your important tasks and treat them like an appointment or a meeting. What gets scheduled or what gets calendared gets done. So put it on your calendar. And when somebody asks you for that time, you can simply say, I'm sorry, I've got another commitment. Could we try for another time? You don't have to go into detail about what that commitment is. You don't have to explain yourself. Nobody cares. People understand when you say you've got another commitment. They will respect that. So respect your own calendar and respect yourself enough to make that commitment to allow that time to get your work done on work time. That'll free you up from dragging it into to the rest of your life. I love that because it's really keeping a promise to yourself, right? It's putting it on the calendar, committing to it, and keeping a promise to yourself and to your business that you're gonna do this high leverage work that you've identified. Um, one of the things that I love about using my Full Focus Planner is that it allows you to see your daily big three right next to your calendar, away from all the screens, away from all the noise of technology. And so something that I always watch for is if I have three big projects in my daily big three or priorities and no room for them on my calendar, that's a warning sign. There's no way I'm going to be able to get those things done. And you can see them right next to each other on the daily pages in the full focus planner, which is one of my favorite ways that the planner adds value to my life personally. Well, you know, and there are some days, and I don't know if you do this, but there are some days I don't actually have a daily big three. I might have a daily big one. Yes. Yeah. Like when I'm teaching business accelerator, you know, me just showing up and teaching, that's my big one. Today, recording the podcast, because we're recording six episodes today, it was record these podcasts. You know, I had just one item to do, and I'm not going to try to squeeze in anything else. I, you know, I've got on my schedule date night tonight with Gail. That's, you know, that's plenty for a day. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Oh, absolutely. And I can get so geeky about the planner. Um, But one of the things that I love to do with the daily big three too, is I love to, if I'm going to have like a daily big one or big two, to be able to give myself permission to use one of those for personal things. So as a working mom, I have a four and a half year old and a six and a half year old at home. And I I just remember I used to try to have three big projects, you know, five meetings on my calendar and I have a parent teacher conference, or I really want to be present at the, the play that they're putting on at their school or 
or there's a big doctor's appointment I need to take them to. And it requires commuting back and forth, you know, into Nashville or something like that. And I would always just be overbooked. And the planner has really given me the ability to say, you know what? Um, it's not just about work, right? We're talking about winning at work and succeeding at life at Michael Hyatt and company. And this is my first position as a working mom where I felt like, you know what? Number one is going to be record the podcast with Michael today. And number two is going to be to show up at that parent teacher conference. And that's okay. Those are my big priorities. And if yeah. I get those two things done, I feel like I've won. I've, I'm winning. I mean, I often have a, a personal item as one of my daily big three. Yeah. Because not? I have, there's more to life than work. Right. It's so important. Well, today we've learned that you can end the overwhelm by doing less instead of more. You can regain your margin by taking four actions. Focus on your highest leverage work. Identify your three productivity sinkholes. Do the delegation math and schedule your most important tasks. Susie, Michael, any final thoughts for our listeners today? Yeah, I would just say um, overwhelm is common in our culture today, unfortunately. Um, I think we're just plugged in. It's kind of a 24-7 virtual game that we're playing. And I said this earlier, but I, I just really want to stress that if you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't have to feel ashamed about that. It's what you do when you feel that sense of overwhelm that counts as a leader. And so I hope that we've given you some resources here today that you can act on that are practical. We've used these ourselves. We know uh, that they work. And then I'll add one other tip kind of as we close out here, Michael. And that is that I think sometimes, you know, you mentioned earlier, the kind of roll up your sleeves concept, like when you're so busy and you're so overwhelmed, you just want to do more work weekends, work nights, get up earlier, work harder. And while this is all well and good, reevaluating your tasks, delegating all that, I think we have to be careful as leaders not to take off the table that we might, what we need most to not feel overwhelmed is to unplug. Hmm. And you've talked a lot in other lead to win episodes about self care. And so if you're listening to this and that resonates with you, go check out some of those episodes. But I think sometimes we might just need to give ourselves permission to take a day off and leave everything yes. on the table or to take a weekend off. Or maybe it's to the point where you really need two full weeks away from work unplugged to rejuvenate and just watch how much that uh, overwhelm disappears. And you can kind of bring your, your best thinking and clarity back to your work. Man, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I was thinking about this, you know, overwhelm's inevitable. And, and, and the reason we need to figure this out and the reason we need to have a process for dealing with it is because we're going to all face this from time to time. Mm -hmm. And the problem with overwhelm, particularly if you're a leader, is that you're basically inaccessible to your team when you're overwhelmed. You become very self-focused. You become very inward directed. And, you know, that's that. sometimes that just happens. But we're not accessible. We're not useful. We can't really be a resource to our team when we're in that situation. So that's why we got to work through this so that we can uh, model it for our team and so we can be available to lead them because that's what's important. Well, Susie and Michael, thank you for sharing these practical, valuable insights I feel better already. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Susie. This has been a lot of fun uh, doing this together. And thank you guys for joining us on Lead to Win. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And join us next week for another great episode. Until then, Lead to Win. This episode of Lead to Win has been brought to you by the new classic, executive, and bold full-focus planners. Find out more at lead2.win slash planner.